factually inaccurate, morally correct. This is We the People Radio. I need a You need to submit to Ketchup Headline as well. I like dumb jokes, it's a bad habit. Would you do it for two Scooby Snacks? Yeah, yeah. Still I got a home car, take a look at it. Welcome, dear subscribers, to another episode of We the Beeple, the exclusive podcast peeking into the wild world of the Babylon Bees Headline Forum community. I'm your ever-energetic British co-host, Pure Teach, and I'm here to steer the ship of chaos alongside two fantastic subscribers. First up, we've got the one, the only, Dr. Conservative Prof, a a man whose lectures orchestrate a symphony of snores and PowerPoint slides. Let's cross our fingers. His connection holds up better than his students' eyelids. (laughs) So Kurgle is with us as well, Prof, and as we know, she is the maestro of Team Laundry Piles, and also the ultimate Aiden enthusiast. Spinning tales that even rival rookie FBI agent Gerald Hemsworth's attempts to bumfuzzle his way through a case involving the notorious atomic fart weasels. So we are here and we are excited. I know one of the reasons the podcast has been, or another episode has been delayed is slightly my fault. I've had a, a quite a busy period of preparing for assessed teaching again, which I had to do last year. Um, but... Um, also been really busy in my studies. We went to London at the end of October as part of my English course. And uh, I was a little bit hesitant about going, to be honest, but we ended up having a really, really good time. There was about, uh, I was together with about 18 other students. And uh, I wasn't the oldest one there, but surrounded by a lot of 20, 21-year-olds. And uh, finding out that I'm probably old enough to be most of their dads, which is... Uh, <laughs> Makes you feel very old, um, but there was a couple of uh, there was a couple of other mature students on the trip as well, so that was nice. And I'm kind of the same age as the as the uh, tutors, so uh, we we get on really well. So we had a really nice time, and it, it certainly was a trip to remember because we had to put our names down before we went to say where who we'd like to share a, a hotel room with. So obviously, the, you know, they're very bigoted in the 2023, but the the, the men and women were separated. Can you believe? <laughs> Uh, which uh, was probably a good thing. But uh, I put my name down and thought, you know, I'll let the younger guys choose if they want to go with the older older man or not, you know. And um, so I ended up sharing a room with one of the other students who's about my age, really, really tall guy, uh, very long beard. And um, one of the younger students was there as well. So we were led to believe that there was obviously three per hotel room. So it was a advertised as a triple room. So we were like, okay, fine. Uh, So we arrive at the hotel, open the door and discover one single bed and one double bed. (laughs) And we're like, oh no, what are we going to do now? So (laughs) we, uh, myself and the older student uh, decided to man up and uh, what happens in London stays in London, really. It was uh, <laughs> a rather awkward experience sharing a, a bed with another with another man, but we we managed to uh, make it work by employing various extra 
covers and sheets and stuff to make sure we weren't accidentally snuggling in the night or something like that. Um, so that was, uh, that was rather awkward. Um, basically if that, if I was in that situation, Tej, I would have went to my suitcase and said, I probably should wear everything that I have before I get in bed with this dude. That's probably what I would have done. So just FYI. Well, what, what do you call the, what do you call a quilt in the States? You know, the big, sh- yeah, I don't know what you call that bedding basically. Uh, comforter. Yeah. Yeah. A comforter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> the look on his face, comforter. Are you guys crazy? You call it a comforter? Come on, man. <laughs> you call it a quilt, we call it a comforter? Is that basically what I call, we just discovered? I, I call that a, yeah, we call that a quilt or a, or a juvet, a juvet oh, if you want. Yeah, to. I, I've well, heard that before. Duvet, yeah, that, that, du- yeah. that term exists, but. Are you comfortable in bed? Well, I wasn't comfortable sleeping. <laughs> in so you could have used a comforter that night instead of a quilt, apparently. Yeah, well, what, what I did was took the double comforter and I wrapped it over me double. <laughs> and then he took, and I was sweating. It was so hot in that room. And the guy snores and uh, it was it was a horrible first night, actually. But all that aside, we had a really, really good time. So, you know, when when we take English classes in the U.S., we don't go to London, so just FYI, just so you know that. So, but apparently, if you're an English guy learning English, you have to go to London to learn English. So I'm not sure how that works, but I guess that's the rules over in Europe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, of course, pretty much all the other students are Belgian. So uh, there is another native Brit on the course, but in the in the other year. So it does happen. But uh, yeah, we had a really good time. And uh, apart from that, my my wife and I celebrated our twentieth wedding anniversary at the at the end of October, which is uh, which is awesome. Congrats! Congratulations! Thank you. So, but yeah, where, where's it? and I think uh, Kurgle, you mentioned you'd had your twenty fifth. Yep, twenty five. And Prof, you're probably a little bit further on than both of us, I imagine. Thirty four years back in June, Kurgle and I have the same anniversary, nine years Just, apart. Yep, nine years apart. That's right. So, so yeah, but. Pretty uneventful. I mean, the life of a student, uh, it's not like the, the cash is flowing in at the moment. So uh, we uh, we had a pretty low-key anniversary, but um, it's, so we're, we're going away at Christmas, actually, which, which we're looking forward to, uh, going away together with uh, the in-laws. But they have a separate cottage, so they won't be in our, in our place. Uh, so a bit of healthy distance there. And uh, also going with my wife's sister and her son. So... Looking forward to it. Should be uh, should be quite a nice time. And um, yeah, something else exciting that happened since we last recorded: Mi- the wonderful Mr. Strike Engineer visited Belgium yeah, again. Yeah, I saw that. Cool. That was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, we we met up. He wanted to he wanted to come to our church. So uh, we met up at, at my church on the Sunday morning, and then he joined uh, my family and I for some food before racing off into the distance uh, to continue his adventures. So. Uh, it was a, a real whirlwind tour, uh, but he brought some more supplies. I had some more Chick-fil-A sauce mm-hmm. from him, which I was very excited about. And I'm, I'm the only one in my family that likes Chick-fil-A sauce. Nobody else seems to enjoy it. So mm. I don't well, know why that is. But more for you. You married heathen. You're, you're married to a heathen, apparently. Did, did you, you didn't know <laughs> this, did you? <laughs> yeah, well, it's the, kid, the kids as well don't like hmm. it. So but, huh. uh, They must get that from their mother. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, have you guys heard of Carrie Job, the uh, yes. Christian singer? She's very good. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, she came, she is very unusual, actually. She actually performed in Belgium. And Belgium's one of those places, it's a, a, a bit of a dot on the map, so it usually gets overlooked. So a lot of the Christian or non-Christian artists tend generally tend to look over Belgium. They'll go to France, Germany, sometimes the Netherlands, definitely the UK, um, Italy, places like that. But Belgium usually gets overlooked. So the fact she came here was pretty exciting. So we, in Brussels, so it's only just over an hour's drive. So we, we, I went with my two girls and uh, had a really good time. The, the only problem we'd found some, we were quite early. So, and we were surprised the venue was really small actually. So it was quite intimate. I, I posted some pictures, I think on the headline forum as well as on Not The Bee. Um, so we were really excited and quite close to the front. And uh, then I don't know how it happened, but this, this gigantic man decided to come and stand right in front of my daughter. Oh, yeah and he also had massive hair Ew. so yeah he, he was just blocking the the view from 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 all fronts really um but we we um we we were sort of noticing at the front of the auditorium there was a, a large number of filipinos if it's not too racist of me to to to, to say but we thought they're kind of the ideal uh, race to have at the start at the beginning of a, of a concert because they're all they're so short. small. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is true. I know a Filipino <laughs> lady; she's five foot. <laughs> yeah, so it was even my one of my daughters. Uh, she's she's uh, she's. Hang on, I've got to think now. How old is she? She's fifteen. Now, you don't know how old your kid is. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> she's fifteen. She's fifteen, um, but she's um, she's not the tallest. So, and she was excited because she could see over the top of uh, these uh, short Filipino people. Or what? What they should do for the like the first oh ten twelve rows of a concert? They should have like in the amusement parks where they have the thing where you have to be this Ooh. tall to ride. They should have. Uh, a thing that says you have to be under this height to sit here. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. But I, I think I, sh- I complained about that a few a few months ago in the summer. I took my, one of my daughters to uh, a circus, a huge circus event here, uh, Cirque du Soleil, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, kind of world famous. And we sat down in our seats, really nice view, and nobody in front of me. I was like, yes, got a really good view. And literally the moment it started, this guy turns up at the last minute and a huge guy and just doesn't even make any effort to slouch slightly or be considerate for the person behind him, just sits up full, fully up. And I'm like, you know, trying to look around him the whole time. Oh, it was, uh, it was a bit miserable really, but um, these things happen. But despite that, it was very good. Um, my, my oldest daughter is baptized and I have no doubt she's uh, a Christian, but um, Carrie Job did give an altar call at the end and gave the gospel, and both of my daughters responded. Oh, so nice. I was, oh. I was so uh, that's great. I was so happy. Um, yeah, that's it was. Great. Yeah, even if yeah, makes it all worthwhile. Oh yeah, it does. Yep. Yeah, so you know, it was wonderful to see and just to let them experience some because uh, you know the, the the churches over here are okay, but. It, yeah, and I know it's not the same as as a church service when you go to a concert, but the the, the level and quality of music was just uh, exceptional, mm-hmm. and um, it was just wonderful to be there with you know worshiping together and uh, having that experience really. So um, yeah, hoping she'll come back and maybe some other well known US based uh, worship leaders will will follow suit and, and come as well. That's great, Kurgle. What's been going on with you since we last spoke? Not really anything. No. All right. So no, um, it's just been 
pretty much just everyday stuff. But I got to do something really, really cool for Thanksgiving. Guess what? You got to use your flamethrower and you roasted your turkey that way. (laughs) No, that would have been fun. Well, what were you thinking? But I got to do something even better. Even better than using a flamethrower? Yes. Um, You got to shoot something. Even better than that. Oh, not much is better than that. I got to spend a whole entire day doing nothing but cooking. Oh, lucky girl. Wow. From From the moment I got up cooking all day long everybody yeah everybody else was stuck in front of the tv playing zelda boring yeah who who wants to play that dumb game exactly (laughs) Exactly. but yeah so um i got to cook and you know the only thing better than cooking all day if you cook all day it makes doing dishes yes it makes so many dishes that i got nice lucky lucky you and i should point out that kurgle loves the kitchen so much that she podcasts from her kitchen. She just, I think you live there. Is, is there like a mattress behind you that you just <laughs> sleep in there at night then? Cause you love it so much. Not yet, but I'm in here every single second I can get. Yeah. Yep. I think you should just put a, <laughs> put a lazy chair in there or a cot or something just so you can spend more time in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but okay. In all seriousness. Yeah. Um, we did have really good Thanksgiving and nobody was ignoring me. Uh, Mr. Kurgle spent like over two days straight raking leaves mm. and and gizmo was actually really excited to help cook this year so um she was with me the whole day and it actually it made it rather enjoyable having her there so so we had some good food we we ate visited and the whole week and yeah it, it was very nice so. okay i have a question for both of you you can choose who, who answers first okay just think of your spouses both of you now and i mm-hmm. want you to think at what point in the relationship did your significant other, um, for Tish, it would be, when did she first buy you clothes? And then for Kurgle, when did you first buy Mr. Kurgle clothes? I want to hear what the answers are. Oh, man. I, I think it was very, very shortly uh, after we were married. I, I never actually bought him clothes, but I, I know the conversation came up. and But before I even did, I just realized, no, that's not going to work. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So even in the dating phase, you didn't try to like go through his closet or take him shopping or just buy clothes randomly and say, come on, just try this on. No, no, I, I, no, no, it crossed my mind for a short time, but then I realized, you know, he dresses how he likes to dress. And that's one of the reasons that I like him. And so I figured he can wear whatever he wants to wear. Wow. Okay. All right. I I feel, (laughs) I feel this is going somewhere, Kurgle. So, um, so Tish, when um, did Mrs. Tish first start to buy you clothes? In the dating phase or after you were married? Mrs. Tish is very good. She would she would make comments. I mean, to, to be honest, looking back, my wardrobe was terrible. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I, I would always buy clothes that were too large. Hmm. Uh, so they, they were very ill-fitting and looked stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so when we first got married, there was a lot of contention because she would, uh, yeah, she would just try and say well look you know that that really doesn't match and and I, I suppose I knew deep down she was right but I was set in my ways and I didn't want to listen and so I, I maybe got a bit grumpy <laughs> but um yeah I think it, it took a few years before I I, I started trusting and, and saying you know what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow her advice and and check with her and see what she thinks uh it, it took a long time for me to stop being a stubborn little boy and hmm. 
start listening to my wife, I suppose. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, in my family, the men don't know how to dress themselves very well. We have zero fashion. <laughs> Sounds familiar. So, so my son, now girlfriend, so Thanksgiving week, he spent um, the day Friday with her side of the family. She had already, uh, the week before, gone through his entire closet <laughs> and basically said, here's what you're wearing. Here's what you're wearing when you come and visit me and my family. And then... Um, she came over to our house yesterday for dinner and a few things. Well, she just happened to stop at the, at a store, uh, um, on the way to our house, just happened to, and bought a few things for him clothing wise that she wanted him to try on. So my wife and I were very amused by all of this. We found it very interesting. And the good news is, um, my son knows that he has very poor fashion sense. And so he was very receptive to this as, um, as was I when my wife did this to me uh, many, 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 many years ago. So it was just my wife and I found it very amusing. It is a bit of a sitcom trope where the new relationship, the, the the woman will go through the man's closet and start changing all his clothes and telling him what to wear. But uh, I guess it does happen in real life. Yeah. 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 yeah and, and it's always fun to hear the stories behind the headlines because you, you wrote a headline about that. I did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I did. Yeah, absolutely. I did. So. I just find it very amusing. What's what's amusing to my wife and I is it's exactly what my wife did to me. Exactly the same. <laughs> so we just find that very, 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 very interesting. So, yes. And my son, before he went on the date with this particular girl, he brought a whole armload of clothes over to our house and asked his mom to basically tell me what I should wear. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's kind of funny that now it's gone full circle where now she's telling him what to wear. So my wife has gladly handed that off. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and she said, my wife's words to my son were, she can't change what's on the inside, so let her change what's on the outside if she really wants to bad enough. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think in any marriage, you... You, you both change each other, oh, yeah. whether you realize Absolutely. it or oh, yeah. not. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm completely, in some respects, I'm completely different from how I was 20 years ago, thank goodness. And I think my wife and I have definitely leveled each other off and uh, knocked some corners and edges off of each other. Well, we're really excited and we are very thankful with our uh, theme of Thanksgiving uh, this time around. And um, it's super exciting to have a, a really special guest with us. Uh, the man with just an amazing voice and everyone listening to this podcast no doubt has heard his soothing and rich tones and his incredible impersonations uh, in the past on B Radio. So we're really honoured and excited to have The Voice, also known as Austin Robertson, joining us on We The People. Hello, everybody. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Can I ask a question, Austin? How can you sound so professional? Um, it's probably this fancy microphone that I'm using. Oh, it's not your innate skill or talent. No. Okay. <laughs> it, it is pretty fancy. I can see it, and it's black and yellow, uh, appropriately colored, I must say. I picked this up as kind of a novelty thing because it looked like a bee. And actually, I think for me and my voice, I think it does a better job capturing what I want it to than the mic I was using before this that cost twice as much. So I, I have that one in the gear closet and 
I'm using this one exclusively now, and I like it. And it looks fun. Nice. Not that anyone ever sees it, but you guys now. <laughs> I can see it. I can describe it to everybody. It's just a really nice big microphone kind of hanging, must be hanging from a stand above you. And then it is black and yellow and just really professional looking. It looks way better than anything the three of us have. Yep. It's a neat King B. It's the version one. The version two is all black, and which I think is kind of dumb. Like, why would you change the design? It's a King B. You got to make it look like a B. Exactly. And it does. It looks like a B. Uh, it's hanging there. And mm-hmm. I was just wondering, is it on a stand or have you just got one of your kids holding it in place? <laughs> yeah. I pay them with food and shelter and they can hold my microphone. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just on a little boom arm clipped to my desk and it comes up and hangs down. And I like nice. that because then I sip my coffee and not worry about bumping the mic stand. So as we were preparing to visit with you today, I have this one giant fear. Spiders? Um, no, not for the spiders. I, have, I carry a gun with me. So, you know, a spider really doesn't have a chance. So it's all good. You know, we, when you're a concealed carrier spiders no big deal you can okay. just shoot them and nobody cares yep but um i'm afraid i'm gonna sound even more like an amateur that we're interviewing a professional that's my fear uh, professional is uh, a <laughs> a kind exaggeration <laughs> no no it's not i don't think it is no you have the golden voice it's very impressive well thank you this has been touched on before of course because you've you've appeared on the b podcast and uh, one or two other things and i know uh, people have said to you before that uh it, you would expect most voiceovers when you listen to them talk quite often you can separate their normal voice from their voiceover voice but with yourself you've just got such a natural rich uh, voiceover voice when you're talking uh, it's kind of cool <laughs> so uh, again a lot of that's the microphone i keep expecting you to burst into a car radio ad or a car tv at any second now rev up your excitement with the all-new thunderbolt x3500 now available at lightning motors Feel the power beneath your fingertips as you take control of this sleek and stylish machine. And guess what? We're slashing prices like Like never never before. before. Visit Lightning Motors today and drive away the car of your dreams. Our friendly staff is ready to make your car buying experience lightning fast and hassle-free. Lightning Motors, Motors. where the thrill of the ride meets the thrill of the deal. Lightning Motors, your key to automotive excitement. There's a guy up here. His name is Austin Van Zee. He reminds me so much of you. He does car ads on TV and radio, and he does them for a big Midwest car dealership. And so like when I lived in Omaha uh, years ago, he he was doing ads down there. Hmm. And it's just, he's got this voice, uh, very similar to yours. Yeah. Um, but his name is Austin Vander Zee. This is his last okay. name. He also has a TV show uh, hosted on local cable that he does a lot of hunting and fishing that I watch, but a really good guy. Yeah. Yeah, the car ad voice is... I get a little annoyed sometimes when I hear the car ads because I feel like they're yelling at me. And I yeah, I know exactly. that's the point, you know, but. Uh, yeah. They're they're very excited about their cars. Zero dollars down. <laughs> These deals went today. If you don't get down here now, you're a total loser. See, I, I have no points of reference. I just uh, I just go on what I see in the movies or The Simpsons or something like that. <laughs> it, it sounds like it is kind of the stereotypes you hear are kind of accurate. So uh, do you have yeah. like uh, King Mattress salespeople as well? Well, the, I mean, the mattress ads tend to be a little bit different than the car ads, I would say. I feel like the more things that I see and hear now scrolling through my feed, and it's a lot of the younger generation and, you know, people are 
kind of getting away from the really authoritative voice to try to sell stuff. And, and they're going for an average every man kind of a feel. And so a lot of pillow and mattress ads tend to be maybe more marketed to younger people. I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, I feel really out of the loop when it comes to commercials because uh, we stream shows all the time now. And it's been so long since we've watched cable. I don't even see commercials anymore. So I, I don't even know what the, the recent ones have been. Yeah. You know, that's one thing, you know, back in my day, you know, we <laughs> we had like Saturday morning cartoons, you know, you'd turn those on and and you'd yes. have the commercials I, yeah. that would come in and the kids today, they don't know what they're missing. They don't. Yeah, I feel I feel, feel really Netflix sorry for Netflix and YouTube kids. and yeah, no Saturday morning cartoons. We're great. Yeah. We're just a bunch of uh, I was going to say grumpy old men, exception of Kurgan, of course, just compla- <laughs> complaining about how things are like they used to be in the old days. But I, I was just reminiscing because uh, I tried to write a headline about it a while ago. I'm not sure it's uh, I was just trying to. Oh yeah, it was from about four months ago. It said um, movie voiceover guy seen at roaming Hollywood Boulevard asking for change, and I'm not sure if. Anyone got that? But I, I was, I do. I, was, I remember that. Yeah. In a world I was, where, yeah, I, in and a it was world. Like the, exactly. <laughs> but that that's if when you watch the the classic movie trailers from the nineties and eighties, they they all had the same guy who did the voice, and then suddenly oh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. whoever that guy was. Yeah, uh, he was. Yeah, he is no longer with us. But yeah, Don LaFontaine, he was okay. everywhere. He was like the voice. Yeah, but they, you don't see that now in movies, do you? So it just seems to be more like yeah. a. You, you just have like the text animated and the building music mm-hmm. and, and the clips and stuff. So that's another thing I noticed too, about like watching older movies and they would roll the credits at the beginning. Now you oh, watch yeah. a movie and they've got 10 minutes of credits at the end. And uh, we're watching some cheesy, Oh, what was that movie? It was on Disney plus from like the sixties or something. It was a cat who was an alien and he could talk. Oh, yeah. It was like what, the what, cat from outer space. Something like, that. Something like that. And yeah, we we was watching that with the kids and yeah, and uh yeah. you know, we're we're a cat family, so they they enjoyed that, but it was one thing that struck me is just how short the credits were and that they were at the beginning of the movie. I wonder when the shift was. It, it was at some point because I mean, I remember as a kid, you know, movies I was watching and before the days of CG and animation all that stuff where you had umpteen production houses doing different things like you watch the end of a marvel movie and it's like all the lightning effects were done by this company and and there's like 50 people listed you know and you think about all of the people involved in these massive blockbuster movies and then you see their budget is like 300 million dollars think that's insane and obviously the actors are getting paid a lot of money but you know they have to pay for all the vfx and and editing and and you look at all of the names attached and it's like you know, that many people, it adds up pretty quick. So, yeah, we, we always watch the credits, or it's fun to see, you know, kind of inter- interesting to see what's all going on. But also, um, I, I like them better at the end because once the movie's over, it's not a sudden stop. You have the, the music and the credits to kind of easy out of the movie, kind of gives you closure. Yeah. And then the ones that don't have the cutscene and you feel a little, gypped you know you're like oh come on yeah. man i sat here through the whole credits and there's nothing mm-hmm. yeah yeah you always stay to the end of the credits always no i disagree you see what what i've started doing now <laughs> is uh when the movie finishes i just do a quick google search are there any post credits <laughs> that's I've, true i've, I've done, done that. that i've done I've that done that 
Because yeah. I want to know, am I going to sit here and waste my time for 10 minutes while 400,000 probably Japanese names roll, roll in front of me? <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> Just stereotype Japanese people. <laughs> I did, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> the other nice thing about staying to the end of the credits is that most of the other people leave. So you, while you're watching the credits, all the crowd's getting out of the way. Okay, so I'm going to ask some Weird Al-related questions. Mm. Okay, so first of all, I know that you met Weird Al, so I want to ask how that experience went. Mm, and I'm a little, little jealous of that. I did not know that. Yeah, be cool. So uh, that was my first job in radio. I went to broadcast school right after I got married. We moved to Michigan. We got married where we live now in Southwest Missouri, did our honeymoon two weeks in uh, London and Glasgow, which was amazing. And good choice, good choice. came back, packed up a U-Haul and moved up to uh, the wonderful mitten known as Michigan. And we lived there for about 18 months, but that was kind of a, a great time for me to think about something a little more career oriented because up until then I'd done various retail jobs. I was working at a guitar store when we had gotten married and that was the last job I had before getting into radio. Um, so broadcast school happened up in the Detroit area. I got an internship at an all news station, like 24 hours a day, all news all the time. Uh, that was a tagline actually. Then after my internship ended, they hired me on as an overnight producer and editor. And we had this internal company calendar. And there was one day I noticed Weird Al visit. And I had to ask the news director, I said, is this right? Because we're an all news station. What would Weird Al be doing here? And he said, no, 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 that's correct. He was doing a media circuit promoting his tour. And we were one of the stops. And I was like, okay. And it was going to be in the afternoon, like after my shift. So I drove 45 minutes home, got my camera, because this was before the advent of smartphones, and my copy of UHF on DVD, <laughs> and drove the 45 minutes back and waited for him to show up. The, he kind of made the rounds and shook hands and everything. And he was very tired because he'd been in, all around town doing TV spots and radio spots. And we were the last stop for him that day. And he was very tired. And I didn't get to have an extended conversation with him, but he was he was very nice. I got a picture with him. He signed my DVD and he did, he did a short interview I got to sit in on. And I was too nervous to actually do the interview. And looking back, I'm like, man, I missed a big opportunity. You know, I have to interview Weird Al. That would be sweet. But I got to sit in on his interview. And so, yeah, this is one of my favorite mugs. I have way too many coffee mugs, but this is one of my favorites. If you're... As big a Weird Al fan as I am, you would know immediately what this is from. Is it from UHF? This that is my guess. This. That uh, was the, the yeah. station that he took over. That was the station, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. U62 Tulsa. So another question I want to ask, statement that I want to make is, I have ranked my all-time favorite Christmas songs. Okay, so this I went through the entire catalog of all possible Christmas songs that exist. And I went through it. I picked three. Okay. So it took me a while. This is extensive research that I did. Um, Mariah Carey did not make the list. Yes. So boohoo for Mariah. Uh, <laughs> what a shame. For you. What a shame. But I want to say, I want to let everybody know the three songs that I've chosen as my top three Christmas songs that ever have existed. Number one, Christmas at Ground Zero by Weird Al. <laughs> Number two, 
The Night Santa Went Crazy, also by Weird Al. Number three, Christmas at the Movies by this crazy band located in southwest Missouri called The Meanwhile. And that's my top three right there. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're mid at best. <laughs> they're mid. <laughs> Not, I think those are very fine choices. I agree with your top two for sure. Okay, well, I like top, I like the third one. I like it a lot. I, I remember hearing that last year. You guys did an awesome video. It's really, really, really yeah, good. Song. That was cool. Now, if anybody listening to this has never heard the songs from Weird Al called "Christmas at Ground Zero or "The Night Santa Went Crazy," you are missing out Absolutely. on hilarity because those are awesome Christmas songs. They are so funny. I've heard them both live in concert. Um, Weird Al came to my city many, many years ago, and he played, I think he played, it was the night that Santa went crazy at that show, but they made it so that in the in the arena that we were in, bubbles came down as if it was snow. It was just, it was Christmas magic. Nice. It was, it was the way Christmas is supposed to be celebrated that night. Yeah, I've, I've seen him five times, and he's not done either of those songs any of the times that I saw him live, so sad. I've, I've seen him do Albuquerque two different times. That's yep. one of my favorites. Yep. That's always a hit. We'll stop geeking about Weird Al now. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just reminded that perhaps more importantly, uh, you have also met Kurgle in the flesh. And we've uh, seen a very amusing photo of that where I think, Kurgle, you were stood on a box, weren't you? No, it was a step stool. It was a step stool. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a 10-foot ladder. She, okay, it was a step she stool. actually right. stood in the bucket of a skid loader and had it all the way hoisted <laughs> all the way up. <laughs> So what is the height difference between the two of you? Um, probably about 16 feet by now. Nice. Okay. that's. Yeah, Goliath got nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I've got another question for you, The Voice. Tell us about your old, your old handle was called Elbow Fanatic, and now you're The Voice. Talk to us about that change. Uh, it was about six months ago, I think. I don't even remember why. I think it was just... I felt like I wanted to change it. Um, my previous handle was Elbow Fanatic because that was username that I kind of settled on early on because I, I needed something that was different. Elbow is the name of my favorite band. They're from the UK. And yes. not a lot of people in the States have heard of them. And so it was kind of a safe, pretty much use this anywhere and it's not going to be taken. Um, and so that kind of carried over with me when I signed up at the B. Um, before I ever started doing work for them. I just really thought elbow was your favorite body part. That's really all that I was well when I saw that. Yes. Yeah, I, I always wondered why didn't why did you pick elbow? Why not your knee? Kneecap would have been good. Yeah. Kneecap yeah. fanatic sounds good. I like that one. Belangi fanatic. <laughs> Left nostril. I mean and big toe. Big toe fanatic. <laughs> Well, it is, it is original and, you you know, you don't stand really a chance of anyone else copying that. And, but we have seen a, a few conservative profs popping up on, <laughs> I've on noticed the platform. <laughs> Imitation, baby. Sincerest form of flattery, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but yes. But, but only one doctor conservative. Prof, That's correct. So. Mm-hmm. Only one. I took that, I took that one at the uh, suggestion of SDH, but I really liked her suggestion. So I took it. So, yes. <laughs> She's pretty yes. wise. You know, if she makes a suggestion, it's very, pretty helpful to listen. Very wise woman. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Listen to what she says and life is good. Absolutely. So let me ask you another question, The Voice. Talk to us about your group, The Meanwhile. What kind of music do you play? How'd you guys get started? Um, anything you want to tell, tell us about The Meanwhile? 
Uh, well, we are a three-piece. I would describe us as 90s-inspired alt-rock. You know, we all kind of grew up in the same era and have a lot of the similar influences. Bands like Weezer, the Foo Fighters, and things like that. And that's how I would describe our sound. Uh, we have music on Spotify, Apple, and uh, YouTube. We have the video for Christmas at the Movies. Um, it all got started back in 2015 when the drummer and I were asked to join up with a group that was forming with a couple of friends that he knew from back in the day. They settled on the name Failing Minnesota before I came in, and it was nothing significant about it. It was the first verb-noun combination that they came up with that wasn't taken. No exciting backstory there. Uh, none of us have been to Minnesota let alone have actually failed the state in some way. At some point, we had gone through some different lineup changes because we started as a five-piece, we ended as a three-piece, and the songs we were writing were very different. So we just decided that we needed to change our name. And I was pleasantly surprised because I feel like I don't ever have any good ideas. And so we all came to the table with like, hey, there's some names that we like, and here's why we like them. And the meanwhile was one that I brought in and from my perspective, what I was bringing was this idea, because I'm the only believer in the band, I was coming at this as a spiritual standpoint when, you know, we spend so much time and focus on achieving that next thing or looking for maybe where God is leading us or like, if only I could get here, this next career goal or this next relationship or this, this next season of life, or if I could just get through this time to this next mile marker of some kind then that'll be success. But we miss what's happening in the meanwhile between those seasons, between those mile markers. We miss out on what God is giving us in our life and perspective and all these things that we miss in the meanwhile. And so since the other two guys are not Christians, I wasn't sure how they would take that, but they latched onto the idea. So that's how we got where we are. Excellent. Well, yeah, I, I do think that's it's a really good name for the band, uh, much better than your old name. <laughs> we all agree. But, um, yeah. Yeah. We, we went to see you. That was that was in September, wasn't it, when we saw you? Yeah, I, I'd agree. Your your music, it reminded me a lot of the, the 90s music that I listened to. And But yeah, all, all your songs were great. They were they're really good. We had a real good time. And and I, I agree. I really love your Christmas song. <laughs> It's really good. I want everybody yeah. to hear it and listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's even better with the video. Yeah. The video was a lot of fun to shoot. And credit for that goes to a friend of Mike, our singer. We kind of threw it out there that we were looking for ideas on a video for this song. And that was kind of the idea that we all had. It's like, this is the only way this works, is if we can somehow film these references and kind of recreate different scenes from these movies. And But we're like, how do we do that? Because we have no budget. And... <laughs> little time and this friend of Mike's, we didn't even tell him that was our vision. We just said, hey, what do you think about this? And that's exactly what he came back with is like, oh, we could just shoot it over like a weekend at my house and we could do this. And then everything else we did at drummer Chris's house, we really didn't change anything in the final cut of what we posted versus what Rob came at us and said, hey, here's my rough draft of everything. I'm like, dude, this is amazing. So mm. props to Rob. Well done. Yep, exactly. No, it's, it's a very well done video and you'd never know it was a bunch of guys just doing it in a garage over a weekend. 
So for The Voice, um, something that I really found interesting about you was something I heard um, on the B Weekly. There used there used to be this thing called the B Weekly uh, way back in the day, but I think I remember those days. Yeah, I th- yeah, I, I vaguely do. Sometimes I wake up in a dream like there was this thing called the B Weekly. I did, was I dreaming that? But yeah, that's another story. But nonetheless. I remember listening to the B Weekly and back when Ethan Nicole was there and Kyle and they were talking about some subscriber who had sent in an audio of basically just a voiceover. And I thought, wow, how impressive that was. And I want you to talk about that story and how that led into what you had been doing for the B. Sure. We'll get into this a little bit later, I think, with the with the five questions, but it uh, kind of leads into you know, I, I had been a fan for a long time and had been looking for a way to kind of show my appreciation as a fan. I'm not an artist. I can't draw anything and I don't have very many skills, but um, just had this brain transition. It's like I have a particular set of skills. You know? um, <laughs> I don't have a particular. I will hunt you down. Yeah. I don't have a, a particularly large set of skills. Um, but I wanted to show appreciation to do something. And they put out this article that was very Susian and kind of a take on how the Grinch stole Christmas, but it was about Gavin Newsom trying to keep the worshipers from singing, you know, spreading COVID and all that stuff. And so I was like, you know, I could just narrate this and put some music behind it and just send it in as my version of fan art, basically. I really just sent it in for Kyle and Ethan to hopefully get a laugh and and enjoy it. And they did. They played it on the podcast and I I was stunned. And then not long after that, Ethan had reached out and said, hey, I've been wanting to get into animation here at the B and haven't really had anybody available here to help with voice work and things like that. And so that kind of got the ball rolling. Um, If you can remember back that far, the Babylon News Network. And so we had a real quick online call with Ethan and Frank Fleming and myself, all three of us figuring it out as we went. I mean, Ethan, obviously he had the experience with DreamWorks and things like that. And Frank is an amazingly talented writer. I enjoyed audio editing, certainly had never done it professionally, but it was just kind of like, this meets a need, so I'm going to do it. So we had Frank scripting, me voicing, editing, and then sending that over to Ethan. He would animate it. We were cranking out one a week um, for a, for a while, and it was a lot of work. Um, kind of gave me a very brief insight into how that industry works, and gave me an appreciation for the people who do that. For these big production houses, you know, have these a lot of people that they have to work with, a lot of writers, a lot of actors, a lot of animators, and just how quickly things need to happen for the next thing to happen. And so, anyway, we we were doing that for a while, and then that led into we want to have you start doing some voice stuff for our podcast um, because Dave is, is really busy and he's very expensive. Uh, that was, that was kind of a blessing in disguise from, from the whole COVID time is lots of people were working remotely. I was as well. You know, I had a corporate job on the behind the scenes side of the radio business 
I got my little office set up here, had my microphone and kind of in between things at work, I could just crank out a voiceover. And so that became very valuable. And they just kind of brought me on. And really, I need to mention this, that the idea for B Radio really started with Ethan. He was the first person that kind of encouraged me to turn that into something. If we took Babylon B stories, turn them into a newscast. And at the beginning, it was something really condensed, you know, a couple of stories and almost a daily thing. Um, yeah, I kind of made B Radio my own, but but I mean, I, I credit Ethan for the idea to even do it in the first place. So I'm, I'm grateful to him in a lot of ways, you know, for reaching out and believing in, in me and getting me in the door over at the B and letting me work into the B Radio project that I just enjoyed so much. And as sad as people are that it's gone, I, I guarantee you no one is more sad about it than me because not just the financial aspect of it, but it just the creativity behind it. And we kind of talked a little off air about getting wrapped up in, in identity. And that probably was a bit of a factor as well. So the transition away from that, particularly when it wasn't my choice, was not very fun. And still has its challenging days. But, you know, in the end, I understand that business decisions have to be made and it's nothing personal. I certainly miss getting to do it all the time, but they're working on some really cool stuff. And, and I hope people stick around to see what that is, because I think it's going to be really neat. Yeah, we've been, been promised for several months now that <laughs> something is coming and we're sort of all patiently waiting. <laughs> yeah. If it tells you anything, not that I have a lot of inside information it's nothing I've ever been involved with before, so I can't speak to logistically how difficult it is to pull this off. But I imagine with the length of time it's been since they announced it to even now it not being ready, that there's probably a lot that has to go into it. And so I, I would imagine that it's it's a pretty hefty undertaking. So my encouragement would be to give them some grace and consider that, yes, a podcast is less frequent. You know, yes, B Radio's gone. Yes, some things have changed, but that means that they're able to pour all of those resources and time and, and money and energy into this new project that probably takes a lot of all those things to pull off. And so I think it'll be worth it. So what I'm hearing is that B is going to be launching the Babylon B Plus streaming service, where it's just going to be Travis Woodside's Game Corner 24-7. That's Dude, what I, I would, guess. I would pay money for that. I would, I would pay for that, too. I would have to take my money. Travis Shut up and is, take my money, right? Yeah. Travis is an absolute treasure. I've gotten to meet him a couple of times, and, and he's just, it's not an act. Like, that's just how he <laughs> is. He's just naturally funny. Uh, he's a gifted writer. Awesome. He does some Photoshop work. He's good at just about anything they throw in front of him. You know, he doesn't have like acting experience. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a comedy background or anything, but it, he just has one of those personalities that um, he's so funny and he's just a, a real joy to be around. And, and the B is very blessed to have him. Absolutely. Very true. I think everybody recognizes that. Yeah. Uh, little story. Um, I tried to connect <laughs> with him on LinkedIn and he rejected me. I'm a little sad about that. I actually told him I'm not the B who I was. He goes, oh, that was you. I didn't know. I wasn't really sure. So I'm like, okay, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, rejected by Travis Woodside on LinkedIn. That's my claim to fame. That's as close to fame as I've yeah. been. It's that. Yeah. Well, if yeah. if you'd have come to be live, you could have been uh, rejected personally by Kyle Mann and gotten one of his business cards. I know, right? Yeah, I know. How sad. Yeah. Two plus two is chicken was very excited to have his rejected card from Kyle Mann. <laughs> yeah. And now he works there. So exactly. Yeah. yeah it worked out well. Yeah. 
But it's um it's funny actually because going back to your your first uh, the first time you appeared on the B Austin, I um I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but since the uh, the podcast kind of went away, I, there was a bit of a hole in my life to fill really. So I, I actually I've done this before. It's maybe a little bit sad, but I've gone all the way back to the very first podcast episode and just gone back through uh, quite a few of them that way. And it's first of all, it's uh, it's great. It's good fun. Um, I really miss that guy obsessed with bears. <laughs> and, um, but just listening back to it when it's just Kyle and Ethan in this really hot, sticky garage and yeah. knowing what it's going to become and what it is now, it is pretty amazing. And um, we'll probably have to line up that. Um, have you got the audio segments? Atop a cold peak near California's capital, Governor Gavin Newsom was enjoying the peace and quiet he'd earned by taking away everything fun in the state. But then he heard something that made his blood run cold. Singing. According to sources, every Christian in Cali, the tall and the small, was singing without any permits at all. The governor hadn't stopped the Lord's day from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. What's this? Singing? In my state? Newsom cried as he looked down at the small village of Whoville and heard the believers gathered there singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. I don't understand it. I don't. I took away all of their joy and their hope. I said not to sing. I said it. I did. I wasn't joking or pranking. I never kid. Then Newsom realized something with fear. He realized he couldn't stop Christians from worshiping here. Maybe churches were more important than concerts or bars. Maybe they were more than some worship with electric guitars. But then his heart shrank three sizes and he ordered the power to be cut in hopes that it would finally stop that infernal racket. So funny. It's it's really, really good. It is, it is amazing just to see where the bees come from. It reminds me of that scripture that says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. So mm. yeah, it is interesting. Um, um, like a lot of us subscribers, um, we are intrigued and, and excited about what's coming. And it's just nice to be reminded because uh, getting a little bit impatient over here and waiting and waiting, but uh, it's good to know that uh, something is is brewing and in the works and whatever that may be, we're, we're very excited about it. So yeah. we look forward to it. And I do appreciate what We The People is doing to kind of help fill the void of content and appreciate you featuring different users and, and peeling back the curtain a little bit on who they are and letting them kind of share their story and their interaction. And I, I don't know, it just, it gives a, a nice buildup of, of the community element that I think is so special about the Babylon Bee and, and not the Bee. I, I appreciate you doing that. And for Nick and Alyssa taking on the, the headline aspect that a lot of people miss from the weekly podcast. And we've said this before, and I've said it to Nick and Alyssa, it, particularly with their podcast, it, it is exciting when that comes out each week, a similar excitement for that coming than there was with, with the Be Weekly. And I think Prof and I were probably some of the sadder users that would always immediately fast forward to, 
to the subscriber portion to listen to the uh, subscriber submitted headlines. So it's nice that they've taken that aspect of the podcast upon themselves and it's uh, they're doing a great job of that. So it's it's a lot of fun. And, yeah. and obviously Jackson's still finding his feet, I think, with his podcast, but it's going well and he's had some good interviews. And um, watch this space. There may be a special guest coming up with him in mm-hmm. the coming weeks. That's all I'll say on that one. We'll be waiting Here's with the- uh, pure excitement. <laughs> so I had the privilege to um, do voices for a few episodes of B Radio, and it was really cool just to be such a, a very, very tiny part of the whole thing. What is your your favorite memory or your favorite thing about B Radio? Probably getting to work with people who have zero voice acting experience, and you would never know. Because everybody that we had, with the exception of Jarrett, I don't think literally had any acting experience. And I was just so impressed with, A, how willing everybody was to get out of their comfort zone and do something different. I remember one, it may have been one of the first ones that you did, where you were the mom chasing around a toddler. And (laughs) you were like, I can't believe I'm going to say poop. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you you just you leaned into it and you really you sounded like a mom chasing a toddler and and it was it was amazing and i th- that was before i ever met you in person i think yeah and i remember telling you that you were the first person ever to hear me say that word <laughs> <laughs> if i had to say one thing that i miss most and and my fondest memory would just be working with people who were just exceptional i mean i, I said kind of all through the run of B Radio, and I will continue with this perspective that it would have never been what it was if it was just me. Having other people involved really made it shine. And so I appreciate everybody I got to work with. You got my note! Uh, well, I, I got to a note. It is that time we posted a headline and we also posted a question over in the Not The B group. Um, it, for We the People and Kurgle posted a headline over in the Babylon Bee to ask questions for the voice. So a lot of you came through, asked some really good questions for the voice. And we'll go ahead and take it away. And Kurgle has uh, is sitting in her kitchen right now, holding her <laughs> hand up, oh, excited, going, pick me, pick me, pick me. So she gets to ask the first question. Okay, so we, we can get to other questions in a minute. But I have a question everyone's dying to know is very, very important. Okay, so... The voice. Here is your first question. This is from Alola Raichu. What does Gerald Hemsworth sound like? I guess he might sound a bit like this, you know, waddling through the buffet line, you know, he's uh, (laughs) gathering up all the plates he can hold and loading them all up, you know, scarfing down as much as he can, you know, trying to, I'd say the challenge would be, you know, trying to find a place that uh, doesn't have his mug on the door saying, don't serve this guy, he's going to run you out of business. You know, if he can fit through the door, that's uh, the first thing. Probably trying to outdo this last run, uh, you know, counting up the plates and seeing how many he could scarf down before management gets wise to the fact that they're going to lose money uh, out the wazoo for this. So uh, before he gets kicked out, he's going to eat as much as he can. <laughs> You got it. We want a soundbite of you saying, yeah. as Gerald Hemsworth, I love a buffet. So we want, we want that soundbite. I love a buffet. There you have it. You heard it on We the People first, worldwide exclusive. Now you know what Gerald Hemsworth sounds like. 
Do you know what he sounds like when he's at a buffet? He, he doesn't talk. He's just eating. It's silence. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's very busy. Yeah. <laughs> Might sound something like... I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Um, this is from Strike Engineer. How did the voice figure out he was good at voice impressions? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, shout out to Strike Engineer, by the way. I, I made a headline about this, and I've talked about it on the forum. Tees, you've met him in person. He is just a stellar dude. And yes. um, he reached out and said, hey, I want to send you a care package. It was going to be to commemorate 100 episodes of B-Radio. We wound up getting to 111. He said, this will just be a parting gift. He put together this amazing box of stuff. Like everything in the box was was very thoughtful. And it came at just an amazing time. You know, we God's timing. And I was dealing with just emotionally a lot, reflecting and, and just thinking about, okay, well, what's life going to look like uh, without this in it? And then that box arrived at my house and, and it was just, just full of stuff. Um, including a an original piece of artwork from Reckless for Life, oh, and wow. I keep this in my oh, office. No. And it's uh, she wrote a little note on the back, just oh. very touching. And so, Strike Engineer, he included. It was an amazing gift, very thoughtful, and uh, I I appreciate him very much. That doesn't really answer his question. I wanted to put that out there, but to his question, I guess from an early age, I kind of latched on to memorizing movie lines and and things from cartoons. Uh, the one that comes to mind is The Lion King. After watching it a few times, trying to kind of mimic the performances in that and trying to do different voices. And, and of course, loving Monty Python and the Holy Grail from an early age. Uh, yeah, probably younger than I should have been watching that movie. But I've always enjoyed trying to do funny voices and things like that. And I've never really been good at, at anything. Like there are people who are amazing with with numbers you know like people who can build a house from nothing like i can't do any of that stuff but the one thing that i have is my voice and so i've i've really come to appreciate just being grateful to contribute something useful hmm. so okay that's a long but answer can, sorry but but can you put somebody to sleep after giving a lecture about taxes can you i probably that? could okay well especially if i use a very soothing voice and talk about tax law <laughs> and all the ways it's very important for business yeah. well can i have you get be a guest lecturer for me next week would that <laughs> would that work via zoom we could do it via zoom yeah yeah i think the uh the internet connection in south dakota is about as unstable as your students attention span prof yeah that's probably true mm-hmm. it's, it's a really long wire connected to a generator and sometimes the hamster that powers a generator gets tired and the internet goes down so it's, you got to feed them they're really yeah you got exactly and you know sometimes we have to feed the buffalo or do you feed the hamster we, we have to make these decisions up here and sometimes the buffalo they're bigger they're more demanding they win it's just how it works yeah. do you know what the buffalo said to his kid on the first day of school when he's getting bye, on the bus? Son. bye son <laughs> that's great <laughs> How come Tish didn't get this one right away? How come he didn't say this one before the voice did? Ah, Tish. Oh. That's, an, that's an American joke. <laughs> I've got a question which ties in nicely to what's what you were just saying there, Austin, uh, and it's from Gen X Ambassador. He says, I miss B-Radio. I think we all do. Is the voice doing any other similar production or have anything else in the works? 
I would say, yes. Is it as much as I would like to be doing? No, but I have access to freelance platforms and things that I'm able to audition for jobs. The most recent one I did was an e-learning module for the Nazarene Church on discipleship. And so that was kind of interesting to do a long form thing. And my voice got very tired. Uh, So I get jobs that come in here and there, and I'm not working on any long-term projects or anything on a regular basis. It's just kind of whatever comes in. And I would love to be able to do it full time, make that my main thing. Okay. Uh, next question. This one is from Skull Crazes. What is your warm-up routine for voice work? How do you protect or maintain your vocal cords? And uh, do you have a certain diet that helps your voice? The vocal warm-up is very easy. I don't have one. <laughs> I should, but I don't. Um, to take care of my voice, uh, I mean, the only thing I really do is... If I feel a like a cold coming on, I'll pop a zinc tablet every morning, and that seems to help keep the serious symptoms away and my voice affected for like a day on the chance that I need to get a project done or something. For vocal care, as far as a diet or anything like that, I've heard people talk about, you know, don't eat this, or I only eat this, or I don't eat before recording, or I... The only thing I've found that seems to have any effect is anything with dairy, I have to be very careful. It makes me a little phlegmy, if that makes sense. It just makes more work for me in post where I have to go through and look at my waveform and find all those places where it's hard to explain, but I can see it on my waveform and I brushed all of that out. Any instance that that happens, it's time it takes. And so if I can avoid like drinking coffee with heavy cream or something in it, that would have an adverse effect on my voice. But that's about all I've found so far. Yeah, that's that's all stuff I've never thought of. So here's another question from DJ Nugget 83, Star Wars, Star Trek, or Stargate? That's yes. quite a nerdy question. Okay. <laughs> yes is my answer. Uh, I've seen more Star Wars. I don't oppose Star Trek. I haven't watched any of the like the newer shows. I grew up kind of in the next generation era with Picard and I was big into Deep Space Nine. Uh-huh. I got into Voyager a little bit for the first couple of seasons and then fell off and, and didn't really pick up on any of the shows after that. I know a lot of the diehard Star Trek fans do not enjoy the Abrams reboot trilogy. Mm. I think they're great, especially the first one. But I I would say I would lean more toward the Star Wars than Star Trek. And Stargate is a fantastic movie. I went uh, in the summer. I'd never seen a lot of The Next Generation. And I'd Mm. heard Adam Yenza talking about it in the podcast. So it made me made me think about it. So I just had it on in the background while I was doing some uh, chores around the house and stuff, and I'd listen and watch at the same time. And it was it was really really entertaining. I enjoyed it. So yeah. especially Riker's beard. I mean that. that just... Oh yeah. And it's, it's also I was very proud. I, I, I remember there's this prof is always posting the uh, the meme template, the Star Trek meme template, where uh, Riker's got his face palming while Picard says some stupid pun mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, I was watching it once and suddenly I saw that scene where they made the ah. meme from. I was like, there it is. And I put it, I, I put it on not the B. I was very proud. <laughs> I, I love watching a TV show like The Office or Parks and Rec. And then a lot, a lot of gifts I really like to use. It's like, there it is. It's right on, on yep. the show. So here's a question, um, here, a quick question for you. Uh, which is better between The American Office and Parks and Rec? They both can be loved equally depending on your mood for the day. Mm. All right. 
a very serious Ron, answer. Ron, <laughs> Ron Swanson is one of my all-time favorite characters in American television. Yeah, he's great. So, mm-hmm. and I, in time. Tiege gets all high and mighty about being a Brit. I know which gift to use. So I know which one you're talking about. (laughs) As I I pointed out before, in in the gift you are referencing, he is actually in the process of taking a photograph of the houses. I think it's uh, Buckingham Palace. So, you know, come on. Well, this is is true. But in the show, it's his wife couldn't be there because she had morning sickness. So that was that was why. (laughs) (laughs) so fun fact that arc when they're visiting london and andy meets with the british guy Mm -hmm. i forget the character's name but he's played by peter Mm serafanowitz so those two actors were in guardians of the galaxy together galaxy yeah they were yep absolutely it's true and fun fact peter serafanowitz was the voice of darth maul in phantom menace what he wasn't the the actor who played him on camera but he was the voice Oh, Oh, interesting. I Mm -hmm. did not know that. I did not know that. So we've got one final, well, it's not really a question. It's more of a, more of a statement, Austin. And it's from Cheesy Bob. And he says, please get out of Joe's head. And uh, I I think this is a good opportunity just to talk about how much I admire your Biden and Trump impressions. They're just uh, absolutely wonderful. And the more keen listener to the podcast may have heard some of your impressions uh, turning up on previous episodes. Mm -hmm. But um It's very good. And maybe I could just add a little bit of a question to that. How did you land on on the Biden and Trump impressions? um, Because when I listened back to some earlier episodes of B-Radio, the the impersonations didn't quite sound the same. And I think you've maybe played around with that quite a bit. And um, I noticed a a lot of when you're doing the the Biden voice, there's usually a lot of... uh, effects uh like he sounds like he's in a very echoey sort of room is that intentional to make it sound more realistic or is that just uh to go with the character of him being lost or <laughs> no i i think in those instances where there's an, an intentional room echo was trying to play on okay he's at a press conference and there's like some room noise or like he's outside on a public address system or something and so there's some echo outside and since it's audio only help people to be able to picture what's happening it wasn't meant to play off of the emptiness that seems to be going on in his brain (laughs) (laughs) and you mentioned too that kind of the evolution of the voices themselves um that's being someone who's kind of learned as I've gone along. Someone who's more professional would be able to have the same voice every time kind of thing. And I'm sure even the pros maybe struggle with that a little bit. But I think part of with Biden and with Trump is trying to land on something that may be more effective, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily trying to do like a direct impersonation of their voice, but something that's very clearly, oh, this is a Trump voice or this is a Biden voice. You know, it. You know, is there something very beautiful about the Trump voice? He's a bit of, you know, he's got a bit of an airy voice in there. Some pauses, you know, some might say. And then, you know, the Biden voice, it's also, he, he kind of mumbles a lot, you know, so he, he, he got to speak close to the microphone, you know, listen, Jack, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, the, the palmist. I don't know if that answers your question, but. That's great. It was just a, a long way of getting you to do the impressions and okay. that was successful. <laughs> Stop! Oh, and cross the people bridge. 
Must answer nigh these questions five. Add into the golden bathtub he dives. It is now time again for our five questions. Are, are you ready, Austin, for those? Sure. Been thinking hard? Okay, I don't so know about our... thinking hard, but I'm... I'll... <laughs> All right. <laughs> our first question, when did you receive the Babylon Bee into your heart? What is your bee origin story? All the way back at the beginning. I remember, I, I couldn't tell you what exact day it was, but I believe it was March of 2016 when the stories started showing up in my newsfeed on Facebook. And I had been a fan of The Onion before, just that kind of humor. And then I think like a lot of us, for me, having grown up in church, being a part of church culture for almost all of my life, it was refreshing to see someone have a sense of humor about the things within the church that when you really stop and think about it are really funny and doing what satire does and and using jokes to point out the truth in something and kind of make you stop and think about it like oh yeah that's actually true i just i latched on to that type of humor from day one okay austin uh, question number two for you what's a favorite headline you've submitted i don't know that i have one favorite um i'll just kind of scroll through you only have 102. Yeah, it's probably small potatoes for <laughs> cons- compared to most people. You were going to um, say compared to conservative prof. <laughs> it sounded like it. <laughs> I'm just going to look real quick, see how many Prof has. Yeah, 3,347. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm so, not close behind, actually. So one, one of my favorites uh, was local man rips pants while on the job, works a split shift. <laughs> because <laughs> it works on a couple of levels um uh, uh I like that. one one i had as an honorable mention was lizzo joins non-denom-nom nominational church <laughs> <laughs> Love a good lizzo joke. and that was it was just such a dumb joke and i th- thought of it one day i was like i'll make a headline that was oh. hilarious i remember that love it <laughs> um oh. oh yeah this oh. this probably would would be my favorite if i had to pick just one because it's it's absolutely pulled from real life. 911 call canceled after learning friend isn't having a stroke, just using talk to text. Because <laughs> uh, the singer, guitar player in our band uses talk to text in our group chat. And every time I have to read it like four times to figure out what exactly he's saying, because there's, there's no punctuation, there's words that are wrong. And I'm, I'm like, are are you okay? Do we need to call an ambulance for you? Is it as bad as autocorrect? I would say it's worse, but I've heard of some pretty gnarly autocorrect fails. Oh, what was what was one other one? Uh, the communist roots of daylight saving time. That's <laughs> one of my favorites. It's true. That's not satire. I thought this was supposed to be yeah. satire. Exactly. Oh, another one uh, pulled from real life. Peanut butter makers offer convenient pre-smeared jars for families with kids. <laughs> Every time I go to the pantry, I can tell when one daughter in particular has gotten into the Nutella because, or the peanut butter, because <laughs> it's just the outside of the jar is just covered. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I will tell you that while I was uh, checking headline counts a minute ago, I actually have more headlines than prof. I have 3,554. Wow. Very nice. I have 2,609. I took about eight months off of the forum. That's what I'm going to go with that. You've made up for it since. 
it's kind of like firing a machine gun and eventually you get a hit. Yeah. Prof just hands other users crisp dollar bills under the table <laughs> in exchange for updates. I'll hand out a 20 for a dude any day. Or those uh, army of Nicaraguan bots. Bots from, yes. <laughs> on the job. Shout back to one of our earlier episodes. Call back. How much will you give for a golden updoot? Mm. You know what? I would show a picture of my new puppy for that. Ooh, okay. Or puppies. There's there's two. So. Would you do it for two Scooby Snacks? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know if i had those skills tax class would be a lot more fun that's a lot there's your challenge do, do the do the entire next presentation as scooby-doo as scooby-doo make it do shaggy hey scoop <laughs> zoinks <laughs> ready oh Oh, what wrong? <laughs> I have to be, I have to be careful. Scooby Doo, because he doesn't have as much vocabulary range, so it'd be easier. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I'm, I'm I'm doing very loud impressions, and it's like God midnight here in Belgium, and my yeah. family's in bed. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> neighbors have turned on the lights. Yeah. What's, that right? What's going on over there? Okay. Let's ask question number three. What fast food menu item is the result of the fall? Hmm. I don't eat a lot of fast food. I would say anything at McDonald's that's not breakfast food. Hmm. I do like McDonald's breakfast, but nothing else they have. Hmm. I, like anytime the kids are like, let's go to McDonald's. Like, look at the clock. Eh, it's past breakfast hours. We're not going to McDonald's. So, <laughs> yeah. Especially, especially the McRib. That is an abomination that <laughs> should not ever, ever reappear. I don't want to know what's in that thing, but yes, I would be right there with you. Yeah. yeah. Every time I see the ads, they're like, it's back. I'm like, why? Who cares? <laughs> I hoped People it would do, stay away obviously. forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had one years ago and I don't even remember too much what it tastes by now or mm. what it tasted like. So, okay. Uh, question number four, what is your favorite denomination and why is it Baptist? It's not Baptist. My favorite denomination is probably the Unitarian Universalist because they're so <laughs> inclusive. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, you got me good. So, yeah, you're the first person to answer that, by the way. You, you had me worried there for a second. <laughs> is he serious? Do we, do we need to, like, get out the heresy jar? <laughs> Oh, oh no, they're... he's pulling out a rainbow flag. Oh, no. Okay, there's still time we can trash this episode and get somebody else. Yeah, okay, I think we might have to do it. Start from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our final question for you, The Voice. If the FBI raided your house, how many my pillows would they find? You know, if they raided my house, they would find zero my pillows. It's very sad. <laughs> Austin, Not a single that... one? No. Austin, was it you or was no. that Mr. President? Who was that? Who just said that? That's Orange Man Bad. Orange Man Bad, are you back? <laughs> I never left. <laughs> <laughs> well, where have you been? I haven't heard from you since April 1st. <laughs> I've been busy in court. <laughs> Every day. Defending my honor and my right to a fair and just election, which was stolen from me. <laughs> and I'll prove it. 
Oh, oh, what I like is you're saying that so deadpan. Like we can see you and how you're saying that. We're just dying and you're just saying it straight like that. That's awesome. Okay, before we go today, we have one more surprise for you. We have a very special surprise guest calling in. Um, is going. He's going to answer some questions that we've all had for a very long time. So please welcome to the show, President Biden. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for having me here. It's always good to talk to the American people. President Biden, I'd like to welcome you to the show today. Um, but first, I have a question. Do we have to call you President Biden? How, how about we just call you Joe? Sure, you can call me whatever you want, sweet cheeks. <laughs> Especially if you got some of that chocolate chocolate chip ice cream for me. <laughs> well, Joe, I've got a question for you, and it's one that's been on the mind of Americans across the whole country the entire time you've been in uh, office here. As modern um, technology has, has come along over the years, the last hundred years you've been in office, and we went from having outhouses to now indoor bathrooms. The big question I think all of America has is um, for the Secret Service agents around you. What must be what? Who wipes your butt? <laughs> You're a lying dog faced bony soldier. That's classified information. I'll send you right to the Who Scout fat. Mr. President, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. It's a uh, Great having you on the show. And um, I think most of America is dying to know, what's the secret behind your teleprompter mastery? It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Is it a personal preference or just an insatiable thirst for dramatic pauses? And um, are, are you trying to break a Guinness World Record for most unnecessary words read? off a teleprompter. Man, I just do what they tell me so I can get my ice cream and nap time and hair sniffing. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you have um, very deep knowledge about firearms. I I'm, I'm very impressed with everything that you know. It's harder for people to buy stabilized braces. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. So my question for you, if you put a pistol brace on a weapon, what is the highest caliber bullet to shoot out of that gun? Let me tell you something, we used to race sharks. We'd stand on them two at a time, one under each foot. And there was a time I almost won, but Corn Pop hit one of my sharks with an 80 caliber magazine and blew its tail clean off. Not a joke. I know that there's been a lot going on in the world. Um, I know that there are at least two wars going on right now. And I know that you must have a strategy with how to deal with that because I would think that you care about our national uh, defense. You want to make sure that the uh, American people are safe and protected. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international under pressure. Could you please tell us when you use this term, and we just want to know what the meaning of this term is because I think it deals with our national defense. Listen, border security is my top priority, is it? It's our biggest problem as a nation. So I assign the nation's biggest problem. I, I mean, <laughs> the most qualified person to finish the job. The best strategy is to let your enemies think you don't have a strategy. That was a saying that my dear Reverend used to say at the black church we went to growing up in the hood. <laughs> okay, so Mr. President, uh, yeah, we, we've all been on the edge of our seats wondering, in that speech you gave quite, quite some time ago now, 
and I believe you were, as a Brit, it's a foreign language to me, but I believe you were quoting Thomas Jefferson from the De- Declaration of Independence. And uh, I think most Americans are wondering why you seemed to summon the thing instead of invoking the divine. Uh, was it a close call between divine intervention and the thing? And what made the thing almost trump God in that moment? Come on, man. Everybody knows the thing is the best character in the Fantastic Four. <laughs> don't give me this Michael Chiklis malarkey. I'm talking about the real Fantastic Four, Carl Chiafalio. I have a question. Um, I know you, you have quoted the Bible different times in your speeches. If we open our arms rather than brandishing our fists, we can, with the help of God, heal. And if we do, and I'm sure we can, we can proclaim the palmist with the palmist who wrote these following words. The Lord is my strength and my shield. And with my song, I give thanks to him. Would you let us know where in the Bible can we find the book of Palms? Listen, Jack, it's a real page turner, full of stories about hands and fingers. It's my favorite part of the Bible, besides that book named after a Beatles song. (laughs) Well, Mr. President, I mean, Joe, um, we really want to thank you for taking the time to answer these questions. I know that you're really only awake for roughly an hour or two per day. So thank you for spending some of that time with us. That was very, very, very meaningful that you would spend that time with some of your citizens that you're overseeing. Um, I do want to offer you some comfort, though. I brought with me a whole stack of my pillows from my good buddy, Mike Lindell. And I know that you nap a lot. So please, here, I want to offer you at least a couple of pillows here. Uh, Mike also has these awesome sheets. Um, so I make sure you have a couple of those. Actually, we, Mike Lindell also has this dog bed. We got you a couple of those, and then we also got you some slippers. So hopefully you'll be very comfy and uh, very cozy. So when you do go back to bed here, that you'll sleep really, really well. Because I think I can speak for all Americans and say, the more you sleep, the safer the rest of us are. So thank you, Mr. President, for that time. You're welcome. (laughs) I'll leave you with my two favorite words, made in America. Well, unfortunately, it's that time of the podcast where we need to land this uh, amazingly fun and entertaining plane. It's been a, a really good time visiting with The Voice. And, you know, I think when when you've been on other podcasts, it's it's been great. And we've heard lots about your, your voice work on this one, too. But it's it's been really nice just to get to know you as a person. And it's been a, it's been a really good conversation. And uh, I want to thank you as well, Austin, for all the work that you've you've done behind the scenes on We The Beeple, all the, the funny sound bites you've provided for us. And I'm sure our listeners have picked up on, on your voice, scattered like the beautiful topping on a cake here, there and everywhere uh, in our episode. So we're really grateful to you for that. And um, we mourned the loss of, of B Radio. We know it's been a hard season for you, but you know, you talked earlier the name of your band, The Meanwhile, you know, in your meanwhile, uh, we're praying for you as well, that things move in a, a direction that, that brings you and your family joy and uh, and blessing in, in that regard. I appreciate that, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Save the neck for me. No, I, I do appreciate that sentiment, Tiege. And uh, thank you for the invite to come on here. It's been 
a lot of fun to be able to have a, a chat through the wonders of technology and you know as we're scattered all over the place and very welcome it's been good fun been a lot of fun to have you on and uh, get to know you even more been awesome so i'm gonna go have to listen to christmas at the movies as soon as we hang up <laughs> there you go yeah it's, it's always fun seeing you and it was fun talking to you again um i do want to say thank you for everything you've done all the impact you've had on the babylon b and also you know that really um streams into the forum you've really made a an impact there too and we'll be happy to see more of you and hopefully you can maybe get a little bit closer to, to 3,000 headlines <laughs> i've got some more to do for sure <laughs> yeah it, it's been fun been a lot of fun really yeah. really, really really enjoyable today well, let's let Tej get to bed yes. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've had uh, red rings around my eyes during the course of this podcast. It is uh, it is late here, <laughs> but uh, catch up again soon. All right, all right, all right. Bye bye. Bye. Bonus content. Well, I've waffled enough. Do you say that in the states? Waffled? Only at the Waffle uh, House. Yeah. Otherwise, you would say pancaked. Okay. I'll start again. Yeah, I'll start again. <laughs> Your microphone's not working, I don't think. Oh. Yeah. I just saw her lips moving and nothing was coming out. I thought you'd been quiet. I hope you she's, haven't been trying. She's miming today. <laughs> it's not just Prof that's had technical issues this time around. <laughs> yeah, we can't hear you. No, she's not muted anymore <laughs> on the screen. That's strange. Have you been trying to contribute all this time and we've been talking over you? Do you want to reboot your system and then re rejoin the same link? You could try that. Why don't you try that? We try turning it off and on again. <laughs> What's that British TV show where that It's the from? IT crowd. Thank you. One Thank of the you. best shows ever. Yes. Yes. So good. I've watched only a few episodes. Oh, my man. wife doesn't care for it. So it's got something, oh, it's nothing we sad. can watch together. I've sad. kind of watched it on my own, which I don't do a lot. So, yeah. That's the that's the downside, isn't it? When your wife doesn't like something, then you yeah. can't watch it. We normally like a lot of the same things. But. Yeah, we do as well. Okay. There's now can now can you hear me? We can hear you. Yes. I don't know Welcome what happens. Back. I never I never changed any settings and it never showed that I was muted. So I, so I, I've been talking. I don't know what but that explains what every time I like tried to say something, you all kept talking. I, I thought you were just being biblical and, and not speaking. No, I, I, I was trying to talk, but you, you all kept going. Fantastic. I was trying to think of a witty comment. That was great. And she's already in the kitchen, so she's doing half of it all right. Yeah. Ooh. So. yeah. Are, you, are you wearing shoes? Are you? I, I'm wearing socks, but no shoes. Well, you're at home, so yeah. yeah. I'll say that uh, that counts. Does that that count? Okay. Yeah. Hello. I can't hear you now. Oh, now we can't hear you. Yeah. Now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't hit anything. All of a sudden, I couldn't hear anybody. That's very strange. Yeah. So, where's your cat? Is your cat involved yeah. in this? Um, Jumping she's on about the keyboard. Two feet away. I'm blaming the cat. I think the cat has to do with it. it, it with its cats mind be, cats powers. Be like that. Exactly. Cats be like that. Yeah. There'll be a lot of bonus yeah. content in this episode. I think. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Hi. <laughs> she she was trying to go unseen. Yeah, it was funny. successful. It was funny. <laughs> it wasn't successful. No, not at all.
We had a gizmo sighting. There's gizmo. Hello. Hello. <laughs> there was a cat outside on the porch, and she was trying to sneak over to see it. Gotcha. I would do the um, same so, thing. Okay. What's in the fridge? Gizmo, what's in the fridge? What are you getting? <laughs> I told you I was getting ketchup. Oh, you keep ketchup in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, she told me she was getting ketchup. I had so headphones on. So you I keep ketchup in the fridge. Your, That's worthy of a heresy jar right there. People. Your fridge ketchup people. How come we didn't know this? How are we just finding this out? I didn't know there were people that didn't keep their ketchup in oh, the refrigerator. We are neither. cupboard. We are cupboard, cupboard kitchen people. Oh, yeah. Over here. Oh. Yeah. I did not how like about, that. We're, how about Tiege? What are you? I, we keep our ketchup in the fridge. Oh, 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 we have a deadlock tie. I, I thought I had to stay in the fridge once it's been opened. Me too. Because I, I do like it better room temperature. It's full of preservatives. It'll last 100 years. So my whole entire life, I have it been- It was eating, a lie. I have been eating cold ketchup <laughs> and I didn't have to. Yep, correct. Uh, Sorry to break the news. I mean, when you go to a fast food place, is it ketchup room temperature? Oh, yeah, that's true. For a restaurant? A restaurant, yeah, like a sit-down restaurant? Ketchup's on the table? Yeah, that's, that's They're not refrigerating that overnight, are they? I, I guess I could have put two and two together a long time ago. <laughs> Next time you go to Runza, ask if they refrigerate their ketchup. Okay. <laughs> well, because they, they, they have the thing on the counter by the, the drink machine that you pump the ketchup out. The big so. pump thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just Googling this to find out what the real answer should be. <laughs> well, you, you learn something new every day. And my, uh, my, my delete key isn't working because I spilt water all over my keyboard earlier. Don't do that. No, it's a bad idea. Stop spilling things. It should dry out. It'll be fine. Um, once your ketchup is home with you and open, popping it in the fridge is the best way to preserve the flavor and texture, along with promoting shelf life of the product. Lies. So, Kurgle, mm -hmm. I think you and I are onto something here. So, no, hold on. Do you believe everything you read on the internet? First of all, when they ask you that question, yes. No. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a fridge ketchup person would say that. Yes. Okay. Here, here's my plan going forth. I will keep my ketchup in the cupboard so I don't have to eat it cold. But if I end up getting sick and dying, I'm never going to give you another golden up, dude. I'm good with that. I can live with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that that's fair. Because I'll probably have Gizmo to give me the up dudes too, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kurgle Jr. will be there to. It says for to... best results, refrigerate after opening. <laughs> oh, she can talk. Oh, oh, it says on, on the bottle to. Yeah, she's a, she's defending your honor, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am for now... best results. What if I'm okay with average results with my ketchup? Because how do you judge ketchup performance anyway? What's the measurement for that? It's a fair question. Because we're all saying I don't like cold ketchup. Is that really what's best for you is cold ketchup? I've just submitted the headline about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I've just figured it out. I think the whole thing about cold ketchup being better for your health was something that was started by the CDC. Oh, is that your oh, conspiracy theory? Yeah. Had to have been. Has the big ketchup industry affected your life? I <laughs> want to find out because big ketchup is just below big pharma and how they dominate mm -hmm. our lives and run our lives for us yeah. without us realizing it. Yeah. It has greatly affected my life because I just found out I didn't have to eat cold ketchup. Exactly. exactly. Call the law See? offices of Shondo Booger Lily. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they are there to help you. 
Absolutely. I see a lawsuit right now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and Tish Royce wrote the headline, Complete Psycho Doesn't Keep Ketchup in Fridge. <laughs> ah. <laughs> That's it. I just responded as a GIF. So. <laughs> Was it, I understood that reference, Steve Rogers. Nope. Nope. Better than that. <laughs> real time. Right. You, you get a real life LOL and an, an LOL reaction in the headline okay. for him. Why are you the way you are? Ah, and the voice gave me a golden dude. Thank you so much. All right. So I'll give you a golden dude too. I'm going to give it to you. I should. Yeah. Hey, we can triple. play the system here, can't we? While yeah, we're... Tri- triple golden dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. I, I just submitted a headline also. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Got to go check that out. <laughs> and then Steve. Ah. You... <laughs> <laughs> and then Prof, you need to submit a catch-up headline as well. Oh, I'm going to think of one. <laughs> and, and Austin can as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a trend going in the headline for him. <laughs> And uh, Uncle uh, Mr. Senator Thirty Eight has just commented on my headline: Patrick Mahomes keeps two bottles in the fridge in case Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey stop by. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> has it been complete, submitted? Complete psycho consumes cold ketchup. <laughs> All right, I submitted one. <laughs> All right, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'm not getting notifications. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. You again. Oh man, the voices is the best. Oh, I love it. You erupts his fridge ketchup wife and pantry ketchup husband host family Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, it, it makes me think of that arc on Parks and Rec when Ben's parents and Leslie's mom comes over and they start bickering about different things. And it's like, we're Red Vines family. <laughs> like, we're Twizzlers family. I remember that. Uh, that episode, I just saw that episode within the last week. Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, what a great actor. Jonathan Banks, man. He's so good. Yes. You know what? Incredible. I've seen some 80s movies where he's in them. And you're just like, he had hair, but he kind of had that same look. But, man, is he so good. And um, one of my all-time favorite favorite shows is better call Saul. I probably watched the whole thing three times. That's now. fantastic. I just love his character. Love his character. It, it made me enjoy breaking bad more. Like even yeah. I only watched breaking bad through once and then completed better call Saul. And I, I don't know, it just, it all connected in this magical way that I haven't seen that. Oh, for good, people. Yeah. Good, just yeah. very good storytelling. Absolutely. Very, very good I, storytelling. I did see uh, breaking bad. It was uh, very dark, but very good, uh, very good season. Uh, very good series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Better Call Saul has dark moments, but a lot more hilarity. Yeah, it's worth it's worth starting. You'll like it. Okay, and I, I have something to throw in to throw in just real quick here, since you brought it up. Um, back in the questions, I remember uh, Sir Boris Deganey's. Um, I yeah. hope I pronounced that correctly. He asked Twizzlers or Red Vines. Oh, he did. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we are a Twizzlers family. Reference. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. oppose Red Vines, but <laughs> it, it's an episode Twizzlers. of Parks and Rec where Ben Wyatt and Leslie Nope, their parents met, and there was this whole conversation about differences between the families and stuff like that. Yep. Twizzlers family. <laughs> so SDH puts ketchup 
on her turkey and dressing. What? <laughs> All right. I take back My everything nice I've said about her. She does. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. Um, oh, that's funny. Look at we started. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of having four headlines a day. Because if yeah. you have three in and it's the end of the day and then something like this happens, you still have another one to have some fun. That's right. I had three. I had already done three. So that yeah, I, had, I already had three, too. Yeah. So so if it wasn't for four headlines, we would not have been able to post about ketchup. That's right. And thanks to Gizmo for opening a refrigerator door, opening up a popping out a bottle yeah. of ketchup. Very inspirational. Yeah, she she had no idea what she was doing. When she, she, <laughs> she opened a can of worms. I mean, a bottle of ketchup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Recording stop.